Christianity has to do with only the person of Jesus Christ. But there is a greater pain in our culture today to know that oftentimes Jesus and Christianity is distorted. We don't even hear about Jesus Christ on our pulpits anymore. Many people are worshipping a different Jesus other than the Jesus Christ of the Bible. They have invented their own Jesus. And this podcast deals with this problem as we get into what the Bible really says. Are we going to be faithful to scripture or conform to what is culturally comfortable? Join me as we listen to the gospel of Jesus Christ according to the scriptures. Jesus is the Son of God and he is God. In 1 John chapter 2 verse 22 who is the liar except the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Most courts will talk to you and they will let you think that they believe in Jesus Christ to be the Son of God, but they don't believe that he is truly deity. They would even say Jesus as the Son of God does not mean that he was God. The truth is this, the reason why the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees sought to kill Jesus was because he as a man made himself God. Now some cults teach that Jesus is the only thing that Jehovah created and then through him Jesus created all other things. They also identified Jesus as Archangel Michael. Now, this actually takes away the authority of scriptures. The principal denial in their doctrine is the divinity of Jesus Christ, which is very important as believers in Christ. How can we have salvation in somebody who is just a prophet or a teacher? Other cults say Jesus is the half-brother of Satan. Well, how can we attribute creation itself to a created being? Or how can we even give attributes of Yahweh, Jehovah, to a created being? They say in their Bible, John 1.1 should read, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. But that is completely out of context. It is not even a true translation of the Greek translation anyway. Unfortunately, the Greek translation doesn't even say that. And then they go on to say that they, that Jesus never claimed to be God. So in another session, we are going to talk about the very claims of deity of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 16 verse 13 to 20. But what about you, Jesus is talking. He asked, who do you say I am? And today I'm going to ask you too. Who is Jesus Christ to you? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the, the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood but by my Father in heaven. 1 John 4 verse 1 through 10. He says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because 
many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. Why doesn't he say test the prophet or test the teachers? Why test the spirits? Now, we mustn't make the mistake to think that what we are hearing in our ears today and is all over the place about religious diversity and the religious views of inclusivity who say that we all worship the same God and are merely worship the same God. We shouldn't think that these are just merely intellectual or cognitive phenomena. We have to take it serious. Why? Because behind the range of religious views, there is a range of real spiritual influences. There is a spiritual battle. There is a spiritual realm, the upside down world, the real one. There is a transcendent realm is fighting. As human beings, do connect to it in ways we open ourselves to. And every human being will worship something. They will make something their ultimate concern and they will make something their God. Now, this is how you recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. As it was through the incarnation that we receive salvation. Do you notice what is just said here? Jesus Christ has come. Obviously, he was born. Now, to say he has come means he was somewhere before, before he was in the world. And then it goes on to tell us of Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Why in the flesh? Why is that so important? Because that is another area in our Christian belief, Christianity, and the biblical understanding of salvation, which is so different than other kinds of religions. That is the purpose of salvation, to liberate you and me from the flesh, to escape in John chapter 5, verse 17 to 19. But Jesus answered them, To this very day my Father is at work, and I too am working. Because of this, the Jews tried all the harder to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. And so Jesus replied, Truly, truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself unless he sees the Father doing it. For whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Now, they knew that the Messiah was to be the Son of God and equal to God because he was God. Their understanding was from the old scriptures, which made them understand whatever Jesus was saying. Jesus didn't say anything that these scribes and Pharisees didn't know was written in the Old Testament. He made them understand why they were written. Now, what does the Bible really say about Jesus Christ? We are not going to cover everything today. We will tackle that in another session. 
There are numerous evidence in the Bible to show that Jesus is the Son of God and was not a created being. In John 1 verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace. The spoken word in John 1 1 had eternally existed and was God. God becomes flesh. That's what it means. That made in John chapter 20 verse 28, that made Thomas. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God, when he saw that it was the risen Lord. In Titus 2.13, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 1.1, Simon Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. And so we see the term God is used for Christ as we read in Colossians chapter 1 where Jesus is described as the creator of all things and not a created being. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn, Prototokos, over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven, spiritual beings, and that are on earth, visible beings, that is, whether thrones or dominions, or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. To be made firstborn, prototokos, as the Greek word means, in this passage, it means his preeminence over all things, to be exalted to the highest place. You have to remember, Christ, Christ was the first to experience glorification. So the firstborn, prototokos, as referred here, does not mean to be created, no. In Philippians 2, it is said, he is eternally shared, the very nature of God, but did not regard that equality he had with the Father to be grasped or held unto, but laid that aside. He laid the God part of him aside and took on a form of man. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of man, in the flesh, and being found in appearance as a man in the flesh, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And therefore, God also has highly exalted him, the firstborn of all creation, firstborn of the resurrection, and given him the name which is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, of those in heaven, and of those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In John chapter 8 verse 58, Jesus is called the I Am. He said, unless you believe that I am, you will be in your sins. 
Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And we must remember, I am goes all the way to Exodus 14, the burning bush, as the name of the eternal Jehovah, Yahweh. We will deal with the I am on another session. It's, there are so many things that Jesus said that no created being would and could ever say. Like when he said, come unto me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Can you imagine the prophets saying that they can give rest of the heavy laden or the apostles? Can you imagine when he says, all things have been delivered to me by my father and no one knows the son except the father nor does anyone know the father except the son and the one to whom the son wills to reveal him this is blasphemy to them those will be blasphemy if you were not the god man to be able to say that in first timothy 3 15 and without controversy great is the mystery of godliness that god god christ was made manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, and believed on in the world, received up into glory. Jesus makes eternal life dependent upon the knowledge of the Father and the Son. Now, in John chapter 17, verse 3, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent and now O Father glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world this is amazing this is a divine person about a time in eternity past when the two shared eternal glory the Father and the Son I believe scripture is the sole infallible rule of our faith and that we must believe all that is scripture and not to pick and choose and not to bring our own minds to it. In Titus 2 verse 13 and in 2 Peter 1 1, Jesus is called our God and Savior Jesus Christ. In Romans 9 5, referring to Jesus who is overall the eternally blessed God. This is why in John 20, 28, Thomas says, My Lord and my God, after the resurrection, he saw his risen Lord and said, My Lord and my God. John 1, 1, we are told that the word, the Logos, eternally existed, that he eternally existed in personal relationship with the Father. And that, as to his nature, his deity is the ego in me, the I am, to be. Jesus is worshipped in a religious contest and described as the creator of all things. Jesus Christ is curious. How can Paul say that in Jesus are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge? What he's saying is whatever truth, knowledge and wisdom, truth, wisdom is out there, they are because Jesus made it so. He created all things. Some people say it is a bit radical in our culture today. We must be moderate and inclusive and accepting. But the truth is this, when the gospel is preached very well, according to scriptures, it closes so many doors on how we see the world to be good and wonderful people because it is not 
their works, but of Christ. If Jesus is what Colossians 1 says he is, then it follows logically that he is the one who made everything. And so he gets to define everything. And that is why all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him. In him dwells the fullness of deity in bodily form. And yet, from the world perspective, this is too radical. We shout in church, Jesus is Lord, Kurios Jesus. The Bible teaches that no one can really say that truly, except the Holy Spirit is in them. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 2 to 4, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. To truly bow the knee in confession that Jesus is your Lord requires that revelation by the Holy Spirit. That is the genuine belief in your spirit, in your soul, in your mind, that Jesus is Lord. He is God. Paul said this at a time when there were Roman persecutions. Caesar was also being called Curios, Lord. And so when people would offer an incense on the altar before they went to the market place to buy and sell, you have to say, Kaiser Curios, Caesar is Lord. And no Christian would say that because they already had Jesus as their Lord. Curios, Jesus. Jesus, Curios, Jesus is Lord. That was what they believed in. And the immediate reward for their faithfulness to Christ was an execution. Can you believe that? Can you today be able to say this, say that Jesus is your Lord, wherever you are? Can you really say that? Most of us Christians will say that Jesus is Lord, and yet we don't make him Lord of our lives. It is absurd to the world that we believe and say, Jesus Curios, Jesus is Lord. Every Christian Every true believer in Christ has bowed their knee to Jesus the moment we say he is our Lord and we believe in him to be our Savior. And this is so offensive to the world. And Christians live in light of the idea the world sees the Jewish preacher, a teacher, in the first century who never wrote a book, who never traveled to the great city of Rome, or even in his days in Athens and the great philosophical centers of his day. This man really holds the universe and by his power holds it all together. He created all these. This is offensive to any great thinker. And Paul says in Corinthians 1 that the preaching of the cross is foolishness to them that are perishing. It is moronic from the perspective of the world to think this way. Jesus is their Lord. Now, we see how the church has come up with so many things to make the gospel acceptable. And it will always end up destroying lives because it ends up other than the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Accepting that Jesus Christ is Lord, is God. For the gospel to be gospel, it would definitely be offensive. It is like a stone that crashes and breaks before it heals and regeneration takes place. The gospel is offensive to those who do not want to bend the knee and say, Jesus Curios, Jesus is Lord, Adonai. We are so quick to think of offending people and we don't care about offending the creator himself, God. 
Jesus Christ is our Lord and yet we are too scared to offend people. What is wrong with us Christians? The early Christians according to historical writings after the death and the resurrection of Christ viewed Jesus as God. It wasn't something that developed over time or as a result of any political reasons. The early Christians sung songs of Jesus being exalted and described him as Yahweh and that can only come from one source and that was Jesus and his disciples. There were eyewitnesses of the resurrection who were part of the early church. In Philippians 2, in Philippians 2, Paul is drawing from that illustration of Jesus in his humility. Don't look out for your own personal interest but of others. Don't demand that you will be served but serve others because this attitude was in Christ Jesus. Why? Because he was God who put aside his God part and took on the human flesh. His sacrifice, his voluntary giving of himself. For this reason also God the Father highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that the exalted name of Jesus Christ every knee must bow who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee will bow. What we see in the Old Testament where every knee bows to Yahweh alone. And we see here, Jesus Christ here is described eternally existing in the form of God and his equality with the Father is God. John 12 tells us about what was revealed in Isaiah 6.13. John is telling us that the person that was seen by Isaiah in John 12.41 that these things Isaiah said because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Who? Jesus. He is Yahweh. He is Jehovah. So in his pre-existence he has the worship of the angelic host. He is the one who created all things. What made Jesus pray that prayer in Gethsemane? For the cup to be removed from him. I know some people think he was too weak as a God. If we say Jesus is God, then he was so weak to pray that prayer. He has had a perfect relationship with the Father. The Almighty God, the Father. The ego of me. The Aleph and the Tau. He has always been in perfect relationship with the Father, in perfect union for all eternity. It wasn't the physical death, not the beatings, not the pain, not the physical suffering. And Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, He who knew no sin was made sin on our behalf, and that we might be made righteousness of God in him, was why the unique Son of God prayed that prayer. It was the taking on of the burden of sin of which he knew is against a holy and a just God who is the ultimate holiness and judge and facing his wrath. It was the wrath he was to face and this causes the Holy Son of God to pray like that in the garden. When my Muslim brothers and sisters look at Jesus, 
They say, if we say he is God, then he is a weak God because of the humility and how low he was on earth to go through all the suffering. But they forget something. They forget his exaltation after his humility and obedience to the Father to accomplish what had to be done to get back his human family. The love God. In Isaiah 45 23, Yahweh is and he says, I have sworn by myself. The word has gone forth from my mouth in righteousness and I will not turn back that to me every knee will bow every tongue will swear allegiance they will say of me only in the lord yahweh are righteousness and strength men will come to him and all who were angry at him will be put to shame john 8 24 says for unless you believe that i am he you will die in your sins it's either we will bow the knee before him in salvation or we will bow the knee before him as in the judgment day. The Jesus people want to see and know it is that he is the loving, he is the caring Jesus. He is the caring Lord. But we also must know that this same Jesus is the judge of all and he is coming back to rule. This loving king will rule the nations with a rod of iron and will judge in righteousness. And unless you have been made right with God through him, there will be no other righteousness that will avail. Not your own righteousness, but the righteousness of him who came from the Father. The God who came from the Father, Jesus Christ. The gospel is a loving invitation, but also it has its authoritative command by the Creator himself. God does not suggest to men to repent and believe in Jesus. He commands it because he is God, he is a king. For Jesus to voluntarily give himself, that was an act of power. The power that was his and he emptied it. He set it aside because of you and me. It was only the God-man could accomplish this. If Jesus was not equal with the Father, then that was not humility. When we look at the cross, most of all, we see the love of God, but we also see the wrath of God the Father. As Jesus took the wrath that we all are due, we all deserved, he took it upon himself. Only God can do this. If God is not triune, there will be no means of identifying God as a loving God, because who was God loving before creation? How would God express his love if he was and has always been alone? The early church fathers believed in the nature of God being triune. Like Augustine, Tertullian, the nature of God is loving and therefore there had to be an expression of love within the Godhead before creation. And we see that expression existed between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit of God. The Gospel is a triune Gospel, and Jesus is the Son of God, and He is God.